The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, Fantasy Beasts alike, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Ranney, joined as always by Mr. Gary Hall. Gary, how the hell are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about football again and some more of the free agency, the stuff that's going on. Nothing too crazy going on right now, just some stuff that we're going to clean up. Yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> We came into this episode trying to draw up some ideas, got through all the news pages, and boy, do we got some stuff to talk about here, at least. Um, sorry, a little bit off topic here. Touch him with one of our uh, future guests, Jamin Evans, as he's going to jump on. He's shooting text right now about the future for us. But what do you say? We start at the very top here. Uh, I'm actually going to run to the right side. Sure. Before we really get into the NFL news, we're going to jump on a couple collegiate news and some Random things going on. Uh, top two cornerback in this year's draft, Caleb Farley, will not perform for teams at his pro day for Virginia Tech this week. He is undergoing a micro back surgery. However, it is stated he should be good for spring camps and be ready to perform. Gary, big deal. You think this will um, this will affect draft stock much? Or? It, it might affect some draft stock. Um, I I know. I think I know that teams. Are going to, they kind of know what they got in them on tape already. Um, the combine and stuff like that is a little bit tougher for defensive backs because you're not really going against anybody live. It's just measurables, um, measurables, and running the yeah. uh, gauntlet. Where if you run wrong, you get hit in the face. So, Sorry, Teron Johnson. Um, I think he'll be he'll be fine. He might drop down like five to ten picks where he's normally being drafted, but I think he'll be just fine. yeah. Um, I think if anything, it might cost him that number one corner spot. Yeah. It might almost solidify something like J.C. Horn there. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it's going to do anything in terms of him falling out of the first round. I think no, he's still going to be a good player. It's supposed to be a minor surgery, so it, should, it shouldn't be anything catastrophic. Correct. Uh, someone who's not helping their draft stock, though. You and I were texting actually quite a bit on this one earlier. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver out of Alabama, Devonta Smith, decides after weighing in at 170... Yeah, he's not a cornerback. That's a wide receiver who comes in at a height of 6'1", weighs 170. A wide uh, receiver is going to be tackled, uh, beat up. Thrown around. And that's that was always the concern going into this year was this was his frame. He's very wiry. Um, most teams thought, hey, if Devonta Smith can really improve his draft stock, he's going to put a little bit of muscle on. Obviously not DK Metcalf size, um, but something. And he comes in still very wiry, very thin, uh, a lot of concerns there, and then deciding to not work out really, I think, hurts that. I could see him falling out of what a lot of people thought was going to be a top 10 pick Yeah. Uh, to a 20s, 20s maybe? and possibly even later. In I'd the... be shocked to see him fall out of the first round, but then again, it wasn't too many years ago. I've that... seen some mocks before the surgery, or surgery, I'm sorry, before him 
having, with having, as a th- having him as the third receiver. Yeah. And so it's falling out of the third round. So I don't know. It's it, I guess it's to each their own, but uh, being a small-bodied guy and not really showing what you got can hurt your stock. I mean, uh, just a couple of years ago, look at Lamar Jackson, didn't want to run the 40-yard dash. Um, they wanted him to run some routes as a receiver, which obviously if you're a quarterback, you don't want to do that. But he ended up falling way back out of the first round, almost into the second round at pick 32. And, and it's one of those things where, as goofy as it is, like obviously the play on tape is going to help a lot of these guys, but sometimes the, the, the combine really helps bolster. And a bad combine can drop people completely. The, a good combine makes people end up being studs that have no right being in the first round and prove it. Deion Jordan right. had a great combine that you ended up in the like, top three pick and never really made the career he should have. Um, Seattle, a little bit of Seattle Seahawks drama on here, more than we already have. Russell Wilson's pounding the table with Pete Carroll, telling him, bring me Antonio Brown. Uh, Good idea, bad idea? I think it's a bad idea, to be honest. Um, I think for A.B. to to be successful and to not be in trouble, he's got to stay where he is because I think he learns that discipline from Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady kind of holds people accountable. Not that Russell Wilson wouldn't, but Tom Brady's just a different kind of breed. You know what I mean? I also think it's going to be tough. I mean, you've already got two receivers who you struggle to really set up with great years. I mean, I love what DK Metcalf turned in last year, but he fell off in the back quarter of the year. Tyler Lockett was the epitome of inconsistencies. Um, You're just going to add another player like that in EB in there who's going to want to see the ball more. And, I mean, and it's I, a disruption. And I think outside of maybe Tampa, he's going to want a payday. I don't think yeah. Seattle's – if he goes somewhere else, he's going to say pay me. And if he stays with Tampa, then it's going to be for a cheap just to win more Super Bowls. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know exactly how well that's going to go, but apparently that's in the cards there. Um, Gary, I don't know how much we can really talk about this more because people are going to start thinking that this is pornographic how much we love this <laughs> guy. Um, but tight end Kyle Pitts – Coming out today at his pro day, Florida, a 4.4640 time. As a tight end. As a six foot six tight end, ladies and gentlemen. That is inhuman. That's just not fair. They call him a cheat code for a reason, guys. Mm-hmm. I, Kyle Pitts is the real deal. He, this guy's going to be a generational talent. Whether yes. It's because he's a, whether it's... Be, uh, being a tight end or whatever they're going to use him as a receiver slash. I legitimately end. think if you didn't have um, quarterback teams, the quarterbacks at the top of this draft, there would be a chance at seeing a tight end go one overall this year. Mm-hmm. I think Pitts is that damn good. I think he's the best player in the draft overall. Yes, and that's with you and I have who have high praise for Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft mm-hmm. overall. Um, generational talent go. How about a second generation talent here, Asante Samuel Jr. The Florida State pro uh, pro day today jumped a ten foot four inch broad jump. Is he playing defensive back as well? Yes, he is. Just like his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a guy a lot of people have seen mocked to Buffalo. Yeah, that's a guy who I've seen fluctuate between late first, early second round. Uh, that's a guy who might benefit from like Caleb Farley's injury. Yeah, another um, guy who can hop up. But Asante Samuel jumping up the boards, fitter, figuratively and literally. Uh, the last real big weird news of the day uh, is KC losing its allure. The Chiefs uh, have tried to have be involved on Trent Williams, left tackle, who re-signed with the 49ers. Juju Smith-Schuster, who took a 
pay cut from what the Chiefs offered him to go back to, to, to Pittsburgh. And Josh Reynolds, who on most accounts, I, I honestly don't know if you saw that today, Gary, Josh Reynolds signs with the um, Tennessee Titans. Yes, I did see that. I'm a huge Josh Reynolds fan. I liked what he had with the Rams. I think he was just buried on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who I think in the right scenarios could be good. I think him in Tennessee could be very good. Uh, but three guys who have declined to sign with KC now. A team that everyone's like, oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. Everybody should sign there. Not those three. Yeah. Problems ahead? Uh, it's a possibility. Uh, we talked about it before, whether it's a money issue, that they just they don't think that uh, the money's going to be their long term. Or uh, I mean, you are, a, you are paying $400 million to your quarterback. If it's a culture issue, if they're not really confident with what's going on in the locker room, if it's kind of clicky or if there's just problems that nobody discusses because it's just not public or if it's because, uh, I don't know, they they just teams think that they're not going to be back at it into the future. Yeah. Uh, players, I'm sorry. Definitely something that's interesting. It's something to watch here going forward. Um, I... I don't want to say it's going to be a big issue, but it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on with Casey's movements going forward. Now onto the rest of the league kind of for news. Uh, the Jets already had some issues in the secondary. They tend to always lose parts. Uh, kind of get lucky with a, with a piece getting caught. I know he's not the player he was once with the Rams, but defensive back. I'm going to say defensive back because I know he can play corner, but also safety. LaMarcus Joyner joins the Jets in a one-year deal. Yeah, that's that's pretty good for them considering they uh, lost a big piece that they traded away not only a season ago. Um, obviously not the same type of player, but, but to keep Marcus May and join yeah join Lamarcus Joiner, um, it, it it kind of rounds out their secondary in the back there. Um, I don't know if the Jets secondary like it's funny the Jets are either a really good secondary or a really good front seven. They're right. never the same at the same or right. both at the same time. And I think they're coming back around to being a really good secondary. Yeah, and I, th- I think with the additions of a couple guys they got through free agency um, up on the front seven, they could have a better defense this year. Uh, they just need to figure it out on offense, and they could have a, a team on the rise very soon. Yeah, um, I mean, you and I were, were high last year on the Dolphins. I think the Jets are doing everything right. I guess we'll ultimately see come the draft if they are sticking with Sam Darnold or if they're going with another round of quarterback. Um, but yeah, the Jets could be a team on the rise fast. The New England Patriots. Resigning center David Andrew. This comes just after signing, I believe, Ted Karras, their former center. Karras will now be their backup center as David Andrew regains his role as a starting center. Um, kind of an underratedly big deal when you have a good center, huh? Yeah, um, you definitely need the depth, um, especially at the offensive line. And especially with a lot of teams in the uh, AFC East signing uh, defensive front players, um, you're going to need those offensive linemen to block. So uh, if you got guys go down, other guys step up. Or let's say maybe your guards are struggling and you want a backup center to maybe shoot in there and see what he can do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a solid signing for New England after <clears throat> what many had thought was uh, no more hope that David Andrews would resign. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars originally had been rumored, now rumored to have not been receiving calls regarding trading away quarterback Gardner Minshew. Um, an interesting case to say the least, somebody that it, 
I'm not entirely sure got his full run. No. He made his he made Minshew Mania obviously two years ago. Kind of took off from that point. Um, he he's definitely not like an elite quarterback, but he's, but he's not he's as a, bad. He's a starter. You, you figure a, you figure he got benched last year, and I think he got benched so the Jets could take a run at Trevor Lawrence. Yes. They 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 pretty blatantly tanked. Yes, they did, and I think on. He's going. He's he's a game manager. He's not going to be a guy. But like that's Mahomes the funny thing is you, you say game manager, and one of the teams rumored to be calling on him was the Patriots. Yeah. And how smart of a, of a move would Gardner Minshew with Bill Belichick be? Especially with some of the talent that they got around yeah. right now. Um, Minshew's not afraid to throw that deep ball. Uh, Minshew. Uh, he'll make his errors, but yeah, he'll make he'll his also errors. make some pretty cool plays. He's limited because he's smaller. Yeah. But I think. He definitely could be a starter in the league. Just he's going to be a lower tier starter. He's not going to be like your Josh Allen, your Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Your he's he's your Wilson. bottom fifteen. I don't want to Pat say bottom Holmes. twenty because there's a chance he's always been able to creep as a fifteen right. or twenty guy. But he's your bottom fifteen quarterback in the league. Uh, the Bengals sign Riley Reed. Reef. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, step bro? Uh, Riley Reef coming in to shore up that offensive line that was abysmal last year. This really is fantasy impactful, hoping that when Joe Burrow comes back mm-hmm. and he's healthy, that hopefully Riley Reef can uh, can assist them keeping him standing and not on his knees. It's good for Mixon owners, too. Yes. Yeah. Big, big point there. I've got Mixon in a couple leagues, so the longer I can keep him healthy, the happier I am. Uh, after a bunch of debacles and debates, the Denver Broncos re-signed safety Justin Simmons. Uh, two years of franchise tagging. Finally gets that four-year deal, long-term with the Broncos, and uh, well-deserved for one of the league's best safeties. Yeah, and we talked about it before. Safeties are a tough position to sign because... Um, the value doesn't stay. The value doesn't, doesn't happen stay, often. and a lot of times they're used as linebackers, so where do you pay them, you know? Yeah, do you pay them on a linebacker scale? Do you pay them as a cornerback? Like, it, it Jamal is... Adams. Jamal Adams is... A, I would say Jamal Adams is below average at covering, but a very, very good linebacker. But the thing is, safety. Jamal Adams has, has said on multiple occasions he doesn't want to be called a, a safety. Right. He wants to be called a utility player. Right. Because he does play He's a solid so blitzer. many of the He's players. Very good at tackling. Um, here we go. Seven Patriots players were in Southern California for a throwing session today. Headed up by what looks like, not Cam Newton, Jared Stidham. Oh. Um, the Bengals released longtime defensive tackle Geno Atkins finally hits free agency. Um, an interesting one to say the least. I don't know how much he has left in his career. No. That's going to be like a big name signing. It'll be a big name signing, but probably to a team that's a win now. Or yes. Or like a, we're going to win. You know where, honestly, Geno Atkins makes sense? Where? The Bucks. The if Bucks, the Bucs can't re-sign Indomitian Sue, I wasn't even thinking Green Bay. Green Bay, the Bucs, teams like that. Um, your teams that are on the verge and don't have much up the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. One year, $8 million deal. Hopefully his TikTok antics leave with him. I doubt it. Um, the Buffalo Bills sign tight end Jacob Hollister. I kind of like this move. Uh, I know it's an under-the-radar move. Mm-hmm. But Hollister had a couple good years back-to-back with Seattle, the Patriots, and never really saw the field a whole bunch. No, but guess where Hollister played? Wyoming? 
And guess who we played with? Josh Allen. Gee, I wonder why that the Bills signed him. Uh, could it be that the NFL is kind of like a business, and when you have connections, you use them? It seems like it. Bills fans, if you're listening to us, that's why so many Carolina players come here. It's got nothing to do with, oh, they played in Carolina. It's everything to do with continuity and familiarity. You already know that guy can run your system. Why not bring him back? Right. And that's I, I, so many people get mad about that. But that's unfortunately the, the standard truth of the league. Mm-hmm. Every team does that. Yes. You just don't see it as much. It happened a lot with a lot of Carolina players right away. Guess what? Nobody batted an eye when Rex Ryan went after all of his old defensive players when Rex Ryan was a Bills coach. I was a little mad. <laughs> well, I mean, you <laughs> and I recognized what was going on in the Jets' defense was booty cheeks at the yes. time. But um, Speaking of the Jets, the Jets signed tight end Tyler, Cro- or Tyler Croft. Um, a little bit. They could use him, but he's... Not he got the, done dirty in Buffalo. He did, but he's not the player that we thought he was going to No, be. he's definitely not whatever he had hoped um, when they let him walk. And everybody thought, oh, Croft is going to be a stud coming off a seven-touchdown season. And I think he might have caught three touchdowns in two years. Yeah. Um, so definitely not the player we had hoped. But and hopefully a nice part for the Jets because the Jets' tight end room has been... Loose, lame, he, gross. He ended up being, I think, on the Bills like injury slash COVID list three two, times. Two times, and his wife hated it. Yeah, I, the rules are the rules. Uh, I know that they complained about it, but if there was issues with COVID, they had to follow those rules. Um, sucked, but uh, he just wasn't the player we wanted him to be, and I think it's a mutual parting. And yeah. The Jets get a player that could possibly come and revive him. Be, be some help. Um, the Chicago Bears, after announcing they will sign, they will release cornerback Kyle Fuller, at this point in time had not officially caught him yet, sign from across the division, former Atlanta Falcon, former Detroit Lion Desmond Trufant. Um, I don't necessarily think Trufant's going to be like the end-all be-all, but he's more than a serviceable cornerback, he's on a cheap enough contract, he'll, he'll see reps this year. Yeah, especially after dropping Kyle Fuller, um... The Bears get a little bit of help back there. Uh, they're probably going to need some more through the draft, uh, whether it be in their first-round pick or whatever. Because, um, right, like you said, Desmond Trufant not going to be your shutdown number one corner. But, I don't know why, but Caleb Farley sounds like a good Chicago Bear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a good signing for the Bears, just not uh, – I, I think it's a depth signing. Yeah. Um, he's, again, he's going to be probably rotating between your second and third corner. It's almost like a Josh Norman similar. I think it's better than Josh Norman was at that point in his career, but it's still not going to be as impactful as he once was. The Seattle Seahawks, speaking of impacts, uh, the Seahawks go out and sign, re-sign, running back Chris Carson, two-year, $14 million deal. Uh, That's a pretty good signing considering uh, you don't want to lose your running backs, especially if they've been um, good. Very very good for you the last few years, so good for the Seahawks. Um, I think it was a cheaper deal, right? Seven million a year, so, but I mean, the, the, but the nice thing is you got seven million a year on a two year deal. That that is where teams should not be concerned about throwing money. Right. If I'm throwing seven million plus at a running back, I don't want it for four years. Right. Two years, they did a great job making that move happen. So, yeah, like I, you and I talk about all the time the uh, the short lifespan of a of a running, of back, a running back. Once you're off your rookie deal, it's like I'm a ticking not... time bomb. Yeah, I'm not really interested in signing you for four to five years. I would want you for like two to three, and then keep re-signing you on those smaller... Until the drop-offs. Right. And that's the problem, is so many of these guys, and I get it, because... Running backs are a dime a dozen. But the problem is, and and this is the whole thing, because I went to bat a couple years ago, 
on Le'Veon Bell in the situation. And I defended Bell because I do understand it. That that exact statement you just gave, they're a dime a dozen. For a guy like Le'Veon Bell who knew that, hey, the more you franchise tag me, the less guaranteed money I have a chance of getting over my career. The more I get older, the more wear and tear I'm Correct. The, more I, the older I am, the more wear and tear. I'm coming off a knee injury. You're going to keep screwing me to a one-year prove-it deal, basically. Yeah, I get a lot of money on the franchise, but if I sign a three-year deal where I get $20 million guaranteed versus your $14 million franchise, mm-hmm. I've already I've already gave myself got myself $6 more million. And I get where these running backs are coming from on it, but unfortunately, it's such a stalemate in the league that it's very, very tough to tread that line. Well, there's like such a small window for running backs that Correct. dreaded 30 years old. Unless you're Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore. Yeah, but even those guys, I would not like. For the, I don't know why teams like still kind of drool over those guys. They're I, good I think, veteran leaders. I think it's the locker shouldn't... room leadership. Um, Peterson Peterson found the fountain of youth last year in Detroit. He had some good some good games that you didn't expect, but they also. I think they were taking the youth from DeAndre Swift and yeah. giving it to Peterson because they had a young kid who ran lights out and oftentimes took mm-hmm. the ball out of his hands to give it to Peterson. Um, speaking of running backs still looking for those deals, uh, after deciding to mutually part ways with the Broncos, the Texans signed Philip Lindsay. And in other news, the Texans have the weirdest running back room I've ever seen. I do think the addition of Philip Lindsay, though, is very solid. If you plan on going with uh, David Johnson as your one, he makes a very good change of pace and pass catcher as a number two. I don't know if they're going to use... They got Frank Gore, right? No. No. Who they have Ingram, Mark right? Ingram. Sorry. Um, Mark Ingram's probably going to be your... Mark Ingram micro. Yes. Mark Ingram's probably going to be your short yardage guy. Um, but I think Philip Lindsay's a nice addition, and they're trying to create a three-headed monster, but that is the weirdest three-headed monster. Well, yeah, the three-headed monster that's just called a walker. Yeah. Um, the Carolina Panthers, this is a little under the radar here. Carolina Panthers signed tight end Dan Arnold, two-year, $6 million deal. Arnold had a couple nice games with the Cardinals last year, um, in a system that doesn't exactly favor tight ends. No, but... But um, Carolina likes to throw at their tight ends, and Ian, Ian, uh, Ian Stewart? Ian Thomas, Ian Thomas, Thomas, didn't really benefit anything for the Panthers. Here's the thing, though. If the Panthers are going to plan on going Trey Lance, Trey Lance needs tight ends because he's a running quarterback. I've heard a lot of people say that Carolina is trying to do a shift to win now Mm -hmm. and that Trey Lance is not in the cards for the Panthers. I don't like Trey Lance in the first round. I don't like him either, but I think if they're going to go anybody in the first round, I think you're going to see sooner Mac Jones or Justin Fields for Carolina. Um, I've heard a lot of Trey Lance at four to the oh. to the Falcons, and it's because the Falcons aren't ready to completely sit and move on from Matt Ryan. It's almost like a Jordan Love situation. <clears throat> yeah, but why well, is that at four? I can see a team that doesn't need a quarterback <clears throat> taking him. And that's fine. I think I'd like that better just hoping that he's there. We've seen that before. But at four? I don't think he belongs in the first round. I'm not a fan of it either, but... Um, Hey, to be totally fair, your boy's been moving up draft boards. Kyle Trask is getting looks left and right from Chicago. Could you imagine Kyle Trask walking into that quarterback room? Uh, he would probably win the starting You're job. You're right. Um, I, obviously, I think through um, training camp, they say, no, um, Dalton's our guy, Dalton's our guy, and then it's clear that Trask is the better quarterback. I mean, you've got Dalton, Foles, and Trask, and I think Trask, by, Trask is by far the better guy. Right. 
and um, get him some weapons. That, that dude knows. That dude knows how to play. Yeah. That dude had Pitts, uh, Tony, and Grimes. Uh, Grimes, in a very solid run game, and that offense was pretty stellar. Uh, yeah. Florida just didn't win games because their defense wasn't too good. Correct. Uh, Miami, Florida, the Miami Dolphins. This is possibly the weirdest story we're going to touch on today, Gary. Miami Dolphins are going to waive offensive tackle Isaiah Wilson, who they just traded a seventh-round pick to acquire for the Titans, uh, because basically the kid likes to party too much and doesn't want help accepting that he's got problems. Uh, and it's kind of a shame because with all that talent comes the cocky, I'm this kind of person, uh, I'm going to be selfish, and I don't care because this is... Who I am, and it's and, and you know it's it's funny because like for the longest time I was someone who with the with the draft I'm like I don't care about what their background is who cares about that and this is one of those reasons that proves hey maybe sometimes you do need those interviews with players so you don't burn your first round pick on this kid kid and get rid of him a year later for a seventh and it, it's just it just is so like sad because a talented player who just doesn't want to push himself doesn't care has all the talent in the world and. Basically, is failing himself. Yeah, first round talent, and you end up in two very successful organizations. Absolutely not, dude. It's just maddening. He's gonna regret it in a couple of years. Yeah, if he doesn't already now, because they voided half his deal too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's getting money for being caught. Um, I don't believe we we touched this last week. Uh, Eagles sign former Vikings safety Anthony Harris to a deal. So Harris finally sees money. Uh, after being franchise tagged for a year, good for him. Again, as we discussed, safeties are tough to sign. But as you said, safeties often get converted and play other spots. The Cowboys signed former Atlanta first-round pick Keanu Neal and convert him to wide linebacker. Yeah, wide, wide linebacker, will linebacker, weak linebacker, whatever you want to call it. He's the W linebacker. Um, and it's a position that kind of is almost like a... Uh, pass coverage linebacker, but also a guy who you can probably uh, just flex anywhere. It's going to be a guy who's pretty athletic. He's not typically a run stopper, a thumper. He's going to be flying all over the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say this much. I I think it's going to be a nice piece, especially given that they're rumored to be also chasing um, Demontre Kazee. And um, Malik Hooker, former former Falcon, former Colts, respectively. So they're they're looking to finally help that back. And you know what? Their secondary has always been so bad there that maybe by grabbing a player in Keanu Neal who can play safety to be a linebacker, and we've seen it. And Mark Barron was a safety who converted to a linebacker, and made a, a pretty solid career out of doing so. Yeah, and I mean they're getting. Um, they're getting Vander Esch back, so that's their captain on their defense. Yeah, their, their centerpiece. So the Giants are fi- or the Cowboys are finally making smart moves. Yeah, staying in the division though, giving one more reason to bring secondary help. The Giants signed Kenny Galladay, four years, seventy-two million. If anybody played this market properly, it was Kenny Galladay. Right, <laughs> the only person on the market to have more money per year than Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, um, good for him though. I, you know what? I like it as much as I have a love-hate relationship with Kenny Galladay. I really don't hate Danny Dimes. I think he was left to die in New York last year with a, with a group of aging receivers and no true number one. I think this year is his make-or-break make or break year for sure, but what was he missing last year? 
Never had a number one receiver. Never, never had, had a number one running, running back. back. Didn't have a starting left tackle. Nate Solder sat out the whole year for COVID. Saquon goes down week one. His number one receivers, what, Sterling Shepard? Yeah, Sterling Shepard and... Sterling Shepard and, and uh, Golden Tate. Yeah, Golden Tate. I, like, I I like you gave him nothing to succeed. A healthy Saquon, a starting left tackle, and a Kenny Galladay make me think a lot more about Danny Dimes this year than I would otherwise. So I think Kenny Galladay's upside is going to be pretty big here. Yeah, and um, Kenny Galladay on our fantasy award show was awarded one of the uh, biggest busts. Biggest busts, and I think that could be reversed with. Yeah, he'll get team. comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> already talked about on the show the. Former Bears cornerback Kyle Fuller, one-year, $9 million deal, signs with the Broncos. The Broncos seem to be a recycling factory of cornerbacks. Um, the Colts resigned former cornerback from the Colts, former Vikings player. Xavier Rhodes, one-year deal. The Jets go out, put some money on the defense, grabbing Sheldon Rankins, two-year, $17 million. It's a pretty big deal for a defensive tackle. Yeah. Um, but I think he was only gone because... They had negative sixty million cap. Yeah, it's one of those situations where it's like same thing with um, a whole lot of players right now. There's very talented players. I mean, another one right here on the list. For some reason, they they caught him loose because of caps issues down in Tennessee. Tennessee decides to move on from cornerback Adore Jackson for the Giants to sign him to a three-year, thirty-nine million dollar deal. I know Dov Clayman on Twitter was was cutting into the Giants on this move. Saying it's a stupid move for both teams. Why would you do that, Giants? Why not just trade to get him at his rookie price? Which I understand. But at the same time, you do that, there's no guarantee he's going to stay with you post this year. Anyways, so why give up any asset at all for the chance of him leaving? Right. Yes, you got him now, but there was no guarantee if you trade for him that he's going to want to stay there. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like... That's you're damned not, if you do, you're damned if you I'm don't. I'm not a big fan of trading for players that are... Unless you know... like. If there's a prior deal with the agent, yes, I don't like, I don't like trading for players that are on a, close to yes. expiring contracts, and it happens more in hockey than it does anything else. But, um, the Green Bay Packers and quarterback Aaron Rodgers are working to rene- renegotiate their deal. Um, this is interesting. I. I it kind of says a lot about how Green Bay feels. Draft first round quarterback. Hey, we want you to take less money. Yeah, or we want we want to change the way your contract sits. I feel like they might be trying to kind of push him out and hope that he wants out. So, oh, I think he does, so that they don't look they don't look bad. Um, which I don't know why. Uh, like Green Bay, for whatever reason, does this to quarterbacks. It's like cough, hey, Brett Favre. Yeah. We're going to draft a guy, and he's going to be our guy, but not until you kind of want to leave. Yeah. Um, a weird situation there in Green Bay, to say the least. The Rams sign wide receiver Deshaun Jackson. I mean, I guess, like, I get he's 34, but it's it's a dynamic they don't have on that team. You've, no. you've got a Sticks guy who's a possession receiver in Robert Woods. You've got Kenny or um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, who's your slot guy, very prolific slot guy at that. And Josh Reynolds kind of played that outside role for you. And I don't think I think you knew you weren't going to pay that amount for Josh Reynolds. Right. So I guess if you can have what was one of the best outside or deep receivers in the game for years, even if he's past his prime, if he's got 
any kind of speed left in him, it's a good sign. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson's probably doing it because Deshaun's like, you know what, I'd, I'd like to get a Super Bowl sometime in my career, and his career's winding down. Right, and he's, like like you said, not the player he once was, so I'm sure it's not an expensive deal. I'm sure it's like a cheap I think deal. it was like four, four million a year yeah, or less. so it's a, um, a, a low-risk deal, so it's a good signing, especially if maybe they can get three or four touchdowns out of him. Absolutely. Uh, only a little bit left here. 49ers resign safety Jaquiski Tort. Um, starting safety for them. I think I more or less wanted to tell you guys that news. I really enjoy saying the name Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, it's a great pastry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I think we really got on today's show, Sammy Watkins. Where will he end up? Yeah, now, I mean, he's rumored Houston and Tennessee right now. He's going to fly in to meet with Indy last night by the time of this recording. So Tuesday night, he was in Baltimore Monday. Where where will Sammy Watkins wind up? I think he ends up in Indianapolis. I think he ends up in Baltimore. I called that on the show. Um, it makes sense. It's a Baltimore wide receiver signing. A guy who is three years past his prime. They're going to pay him like he's still number one receiver. And it's just not going to pan out. And it would be funny because uh, Baltimore is going to freak. They're yeah. Gonna be like, oh, a number one receiver. So yes. but he, he never was a number one receiver. I think that's about it. For this this episode, uh, part one, part of two this week, you guys will be catching uh, Friday's episode of the best remaining free agents, where we think they might end up once we hit round two of free agency. Really, but until uh, that, Gary, you got anything you want to close off with? Yeah. So in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having uh, mock drafts come out, some guests on, and into April, the draft happens. So we're winding down here to some of the most exciting parts of the year. Obviously, outside of the season. You know, Gary, you said draft. And what we plan on doing for the draft is pretty cool. If you guys are listening to us on the network, on Spotify, obviously, if you're hearing us, you are. Um, and you need a good source for your football news. Jump on Facebook. Jump on Twitter. Find Fantasy Beasts and where to find them. The Fantasy Football Podcast. We are doing some real big stuff for the draft this year. We are on top of all the current news. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to have you guys jump on the page and interact with us. Well, it's Gary and I, we're the only two that monitor it, so we'd be responding to you directly. Yep. We're going to go live. We're going to be live for the draft. We'll uh, be on Twitch Most as well. of night one, the entire coverage, round two, round three, night two. And part of round three, I think, was the plan as well. Yeah. Um, we're going to look real professional. We're going to have nice polos. We're going to have a nice backdrop. But, guys, thank you for listening. Jump on off after this episode. Find us on those uh, social media sites. And until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. <laughs>